It might be our heart's desire to spend all our days with our king, who is also our friend. This king of Israel has come, uh, is the title of the sermon, The King Has Come. As I've said, we're in John's Gospel, chapter 12, and uh, we'll be reading that shortly. I want to ask you this morning, do you want Jesus? Do you want him as king of your life? During his earthly ministry, Jesus was wanted, but in different ways. Wanted, dead or alive. I'm looking around to see if there's any uh, fans of Westerns with their eyebrows being raised, hearing wanted, dead or alive. If you are a fan of of Westerns, you'll be familiar with those wanted posters depicting some terrible bandit or a fugitive from the law evading justice and needing to be found by the bounty hunters of the Wild West. But this is how the ruling elites of Jesus' time saw Jesus as an outlaw evading justice. You see, they'd been plotting for years to capture and to kill Jesus. As far as they could see, he was dangerously unsettling towards their grip on power and the temple cult that had grown up in Jerusalem. That's one way Jesus was wanted. He was wanted as an outlaw by the rulers in Jerusalem. Most ordinary people wanted Jesus because he was a renowned miracle worker. We're reminded in our text today, uh, in verses 17 and 18, that staggeringly, Jesus had risen Lazarus from the grave. We're clearly told that this miracle is why the crowd comes out to see Jesus. The crowds did not realise that they needed Jesus to make them truly alive, to give them new birth. Friends, Jesus knew, and that's why he saw his mission through, to come and make us truly alive. You see, the cold reality is that none of us in our natural state wants to welcome Jesus. His mission to bring us salvation was all his. was all Jesus. Amen? Perhaps you think you know the story of Palm Sunday. Let's concentrate on the details of the story. For example, who found the donkey for Jesus? In Matthew's Gospel, it's the disciples. Matthew 21 verse 7, they brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks and Jesus sat on them. Shall we see what John says? John's Gospel, chapter 12, beginning at verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. 
Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realise that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word, Jesus' fever. Many people, because they had heard that he had given his miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. May the Lord bless us with understanding this day. Let's see from the text three amazing things that Jesus came to do. If you're taking notes this morning, you'll notice as we go through the text today that Jesus came to raise the dead to life. That's the first thing Jesus came to do. Secondly, he came to display God's glory. And thirdly, Jesus came to rule as king of all Israel. Firstly, he came to raise the dead. Secondly, he came to display God's glory. And thirdly, he came to rule as king of all Israel. Jesus came to raise the dead to life. We're going to explore this a little bit. What does this mean and what's the significance of Jesus raising the dead to life? Well, that Jesus raised the dead should not be in question, really, at all, if we've got a biblical understanding of theology. After all, the prophet Isaiah declares the following things. First of all, Isaiah 35, verses 4 to 6. Isaiah 35, 4-6 Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. In Isaiah 61 and verse 1. These are messianic prophecies. Isaiah 61 verse 1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Isaiah 26, verse 19. Isaiah 26, verse 19. But your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. You who dwell in the dust, wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. Do you believe in resurrection? Do you believe in resurrection this morning? Do you believe that Jesus has the power to raise you? Whose resurrection are you celebrating this Easter? 
Anyone? Jesus is. Amen. Praise the Lord. We should be in no doubt at all of the historic record that Jesus went to the cross, died, was buried, and then rose again. That's the testimony of the eyewitnesses. Praise the Lord. But I wonder if this Easter you're celebrating your own resurrection. Have you thought about that this morning? Are you celebrating your own? If so, very good. Because, friends, we cannot celebrate Jesus' resurrection properly without believing that our resurrection is intertwined with and dependent upon his. Our life flows from his. In fact, that is the revelation of the Bible right from the start, believe it or not. God says that we cannot live without him. And the mission of Christ proves it to be true. So whose resurrection are you celebrating this Easter? Friends, Jesus' mission was to conquer death in order that we might know life. Why is conquering death so necessary for us to know life? Don't we know life now in Christ? Yet we will still die. We've seen brothers and sisters die in recent years. Go to be with the Lord in glory. Friends, we can only know life now because of Christ's death. The death of the only sinless and perfect suffering servant. A real death in a real place, in real history, according to those eyewitnesses closest to Jesus. Death is the consequence of sin. And death can only be overcome by the Holy God punishing sin. And this is what God has accomplished in his Son. Jesus was a willing sacrifice for our sin. Your sin and my sin. And those who come to Christ as their king then receive forgiveness for their sins and resurrection life. They are lifted up with Christ. Friends, Jesus came to raise the dead to life. Which is why if you look on if you look on our prayer diary, at the back on the bottom it says, Proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. That's a scripture quote from Acts chapter 4. Proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. That's our job as Christians, friends. If we've tasted that new life, let's declare that the dead can be raised here and now and on that glorious day when he calls us all to himself. Secondly, Jesus came to display God's glory. For John and the other apostles, they recognise that God has determined to show his glory, to make a demonstration of his glory. As we walk this, this earth, we should notice that when we look around, how amazing it is, how beautiful it is. When we look at the stars in heaven, space out there in the universe, we are in awe of creation. At least we should be. 
That's what it's there for. But also, the wonder and beauty of his divinity is greatest, is revealed most greatly in Christ through the suffering servant who went to Calvary for sinners. Jesus came to display God's glory and chiefly he displays it. How? At the cross. If you um, <clears throat> follow the media, if you follow Celebrityville, you may have noticed that yesterday there was a Beckham wedding. Another distraction for the glitterati. Why don't we pray for a long and happy marriage for the Beckhams, for the new Mr. and Mrs. Beckham. Some 23 years ago, just a few weeks before Eleanor and I uh, exchanged vows and were wed, David and Victoria Beckham were married amid even greater celebrity fanfare. Can you believe it's 23 years ago? Yeah, it makes me feel old as well. <laughs> One of the things that's remembered about that wedding were the gaudy, crushed velvet thrones which David and Victoria sat on at their wedding. Uh, Victoria Beckham, uh, other, perhaps better known as Posh Spice. And they sat on these crushed velvet thrones, the centre of attention. Well, friends, I want you to realise this morning that the cross is Jesus' throne. The cross is where Jesus was enthroned for all the world to see the glory and the grace of Almighty God. Have we recognised what Jesus did for us at the cross? That that was the most glorious thing that we've ever known? Or perhaps we prefer something else we deem to be more glorious. Perhaps something else is more appealing to the human senses than to know the excruciating torture of crucifixion was necessary for us. Perhaps we prefer to be the centre of attention, like a bride and groom on their wedding day. Friends, we were meant to display God's glory when we look at Genesis chapter 1, we were the pinnacle of creation, God's creation, humankind, made in his image. But we fell from grace, disgracefully ruined by our preference for our own sovereignty. To have a king of our own making on the throne. Or perhaps if you're a woman, a queen of your own making. How could we be redeemed and restored from the horrors that lurk in our hearts? Occasionally we see glimpses of the reality of misery and death that results from us sitting on the throne and not Jesus. What we see in the Ukraine is what can ultimately happen when Jesus is discarded and we try and rule in his place with our own ideas for our future with our own ideas for the glory of our nations. How can we possibly display God's glory 
Well, because Christ raises the dead. Christ brings life where there was none before. Dry bones are covered with flesh and brought to life by the power of the Holy Spirit because Christ died for sin. By the miracle of a transformed life, living in faith in the goodness of God and the finished work of his Son at the cross. Our transformed lives are now lives of sacrifice, putting to death the sinful self, crucifying that fleshly nature as God empowers us by his Spirit. This is what it means for Christ to be King in our lives. We no longer live for ourselves, but for our King Jesus. Yes, Christ most definitely came to rule as King of all Israel. Friends, Jesus is the Saviour of all. All his people gathered from among every nation, tribe and tongue. Notice that the account of Jesus' triumphal entry in John's Gospel is immediately followed by what? The Gentiles coming to seek Jesus. Jesus was opening the eyes of the Jews to see him for who he was. The written testimony in charge on uh, Jesus' cross above him stated, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. That's not a mocking charge. That's not a false charge. That is a fact. Jesus is king of the Jews. But he's also king of all Israel. Amen? He's our king. He's gathering us from among every nation, tribe and tongue. This is no coincidence that John includes this right here next to Jesus' triumphal entry, because it's the final prerequisite, the final piece on the chessboard to be moved into position prior to Jesus' passion, the fulfilment of his mission to save souls. Jews and Greeks both have to come and see Christ's true identity as God of heaven and saviour of sinners in order for us to want Jesus to rule to rule over our lives we must come to realise what he came to do and that he came to do it for me he came to do it for you friends when we see the significance of Palm Sunday we see Jesus reigning as the humble, gentle and merciful king of Israel. Yet in his gentleness, he wields the greatest power of all. The power to defeat sin and death. Remember I mentioned the importance of the details of the story. Who was it who had found the donkey on which Jesus rode into the city? Who was it? The disciples? No. In both Gospels, it was Jesus who told the disciples where to find the donkey. You see, Jesus is king. 
When we look at the details of the story, we see that Jesus is king. The question for us is, is he king of our lives? Amen. Thank you, sister. The excitement of Passover in Jerusalem, the possibility of overthrowing the oppressive Roman rulers, that fervour, that revolutionary fervour, which is very much there on Palm Sunday when Jesus came. They, they put him on a donkey to symbolise his kingship. They wave those branches symbolising his kingship. The adulation of the crowds. Hosanna to the son of David. That excitement of that Passover, the possibility of overthrowing the oppressive Roman rulers, that was nothing in comparison to having Jesus overthrow the sin in your life. And for him to lead you in a victory procession, which is what Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem was, a victory procession. You can have him lead you in a victory procession via the cross to the delights of heaven for all eternity. Dear friend, Jesus is in control of every detail of the story, of every detail of our stories. And he wants to use your story to reveal his glory to you to your family, to your friends and your acquaintances in order that you and they might enter life and truly worship. As the crowds shout, Hosanna, King Jesus, save us, Son of David. Only those with a personal revelation from the Holy Spirit could know what Jesus really came for. As we saw in Psalm 118 that we read at the opening of the service. There they were going, why were they going to Jerusalem? They were going to the altar to make a sacrifice. Jesus was coming to Jerusalem to make a sacrifice for you and for me. Praise the Lord. So many others were caught up in festival fever, national pride and self-interest. And when, in their eyes, Jesus failed to deliver, when he was no longer useful to them, he could be discarded in favour of a murderer. Friends, what we should be exchanging is not Jesus for a life of ruin. We should be exchanging our life of sin to be made alive in Jesus. We should want to welcome Jesus as a conquering king because he has defeated sin at the cross once and for all. For all those the Father draws to himself. As we've seen in our Revelation series, when the gates of heaven are opened and we come to see the truth by the generous mercy of God, we see that Christ, the risen Lamb of God, is king. He is God, high king over all, and yet he is a gentle saviour, desiring that none of his children should perish. So this morning, 
Is Jesus your king? If not, why not welcome him today and give him your full attention? He's on a mission of salvation to turn lives upside down as they need to be. Have you felt that? Will you welcome Jesus today? Dead or alive, the choice is yours. Let's bow our heads in prayer.